Green Acres Garden Podcast is the podcast that will teach budding gardeners like you to grow your green thumb. For whether you're a newbie or a seasoned horticulturalist, you're sure to learn something new. Enjoy our conversations with community gardeners and gurus from Green Acres Nursery and Supply. We'll answer questions you didn't know you had. Hello there, everyone. Welcome, one and all. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Green Acres Garden Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Jacaranda Jordan. Back in studio with my main man, Austin, the professional listener and editor, Blank. How's it going there, Austin? Hey, Kevin, and hello, everybody. We've got a great show for you today. Welcome back. So like me at a buffet, Austin, we're going to be covering a lot of territory this week. And so uh, we, we put out the call to some of our listeners, and we said, hey, please, you know, uh, if you have any questions, you know, send them our way. We'd be delighted to, uh, to search for some of those answers. We did just that. So I'm so happy for yeah. today's episode. Yeah, I've got a whole stack of questions here. Can you hear them? Oh, yeah, a big stack of questions. And this is round three on the podcast ding, of, ding. of Q&A. So I'm excited to jump into it. Let's just dive right in because we've got a lot of your questions. And I've got Kevin right here. And he's the uh, the master answerer. So let's see how we do today, huh? I'll do my best. All right, here we go. Drum roll, please, for our first question. This comes from my lovely Auntie Nancy. Thank you, Auntie, for sending this in. Thank you, and Auntie Nancy. Yeah, this is about her beautiful jacaranda tree. It came with kind of a story and some pictures. And the long and the short of it is they they planted a jacaranda tree in their backyard, my aunt and uncle. And uh, unfortunately, on the second year, it was still a youngling, I, I think, and it there was a big freeze. And then we started to see some some black on the trunk. And we do see some damage in the trunk uh, on these pictures that she sent in. But uh, beautifully, just somehow, some way, they, they had moved it. And then this year, it bloomed magnificent purple blossoms. And she's very happy. But she wants to know, going forward, you know, is the tree compromised? Um, what's the diagnosis when you see something like this? And is there anything gonna, you know, be life threatening down the road for this tree? Well, that's a great question. Thank you, Auntie Nancy. Uh, jacarandas are awesome. Uh, yeah. They're beautiful trees. I mentioned them uh, at many episodes back when I was visiting San Diego. They are gorgeous down there. They're a tropical tree typically, so they really they they grow their best when it's warm and moist and humid. Um, so they go crazy places like uh, Hawaii or San Diego. They love that kind of weather. Up here, you're starting to see them, I think, used more and more. People are, you know, trying them out a little bit as our winters maybe are a little less severe. Uh, having them die back in the freeze or having some some issues is, I guess, common with them since they are a tropical tree. They're not really going to like those super low temps. So that's that's not uh, uncommon for them. It's really great that it sounds like some of that root mass and that, the, you know, the the trunk was still alive since it came back. So what's great for that is I think that's a can be can be a bit of optimism for some of our home growers who are growing and maybe you have a, a tree or bush or a plant that's struggling and you really want to keep it you know sometimes you're better off just green wasting it but sometimes that that plant is savable and I think this is a great uh, example of that for me uh, I would tell her that hopefully the worst is behind that tree um, what's nice is that, that they do take several years um, that is normal for them to bloom they're not going to bloom uh, often their first year it takes several years for them to get established and to get more mature. And then the older they get, uh, I think the more blooms you're going to get for a while there. They have these beautiful canopy. It looks like an upturned uh, umbrella. So they have these beautiful, graceful arching branches as they get more mature. So I would recommend you know, keep it out of, the, out of that container. I think in ground in a bright, sunny location. They really 
um, respond well to having fast draining soils. I do believe they're in the Bay Area you mentioned. Yeah, Austin yeah. to me. Uh-huh. Okay, so how, in, in the, the Bay East Area Bay. can be a little more helpful too because the te- the, le- the temperatures don't get quite as low maybe as you know some other areas of Northern California and the summer highs maybe aren't quite as high, but so it's a little more mild. So hopefully it'll be protected from another hard freeze. Having mulch uh, over the roots can be helpful. You don't need to push it up against the trunk, but definitely uh, you know above the soil uh, can be a nice insulating blanket for some of those roots, so that way they don't get exposed to some of those you know hard freezes that you might get in, you know in the winter months. But for me, keep it lightly dosed with fertilizer. Give them a deep soak every now and then. They they do like to have um, you know infrequent deep waterings for them. Let the soil dry out and then water it again. Uh, that's that's the best for them. And I think if she can do that and just get into a nice routine of doing some deep waterings um, and then just going there seasonally, pruning out any of the branches that are dead, diseased, or dying, and then she's off and running. Sweet. All right. So uh, bright future ahead for the jacaranda tree. And boy, those purple flowers are just incredible. So I hope I see more from this tree and then more from just tree growers in Sacramento. I want to see more jacarandas about this Absolutely. The tree. Bring on the color. Yeah, they're beautiful. All right, Kevin, question number two. Uh, We don't need to do a drum roll anymore. We'll just keep them coming. (laughs) Um, Okay, so this person is asking about blueberries. I love blueberries. Love them. So they say uh, their blueberries have yellow leaves and are showing prominent green veins. Uh, What does this mean, and how can we fix it? So I've actually had this problem, uh, and I just recently uh, had Greg school me up on it. had him in the garden. We were Mm -hmm. harvesting some tomatoes, and he's like, you know what? i got to get you something. I was like, what? He's like, I'm going to get you some FST. I'm like, what's what's that? He said, it's FST is a product. It contains iron, sulfur, uh, manganese, and zinc, right? And so it contains uh, iron and sulfur specifically so that your plants can um, you know, absorb nitrogen better. So oftentimes when your plants are lacking iron, this is what he schooled me up on. He said, your, plant, your blueberries are lacking iron. Get some iron to them. That'll allow them to absorb nitrogen way more effectively. And that's why they're not turning green is that they're lacking that iron. Give them some iron and that'll help them absorb that nitrogen like they should be doing. Hmm. Ah, I wouldn't think a blueberry plant would need iron. That's interesting. And then that sulfur, it helps lower the soil pH, and that's also beneficial to blueberries as well. They really like a more acidic soil. Wow, okay. FST, and that's something we can get at the store? You know, I I saw stacks of it when we were at EB Stone the other week. Oh, okay, cool. The EB Stone product, great. Um, So let's move on, and we have here our next question. And this one reads... How do I decide when to pull my summer veggies to make room for winter veggies? This is a good question. It's really going to depend on your garden, uh, the health of your plants, and and the kind of plants you are growing. So for me, you'll notice uh, sometimes, I know some my tomatoes will just kind of keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing uh, through, through the season and even into the fall as long as it's still warm. Whereas some of my squash, my zucchini... Kind of towards the end of the summer, they're, they're looking a little worn out. They're starting to get some powdery mildew, and they're looking a little stretched and a little stressed. Uh, so for me, uh, certain plants, they're going to come out a little sooner. So it's really going to depend on the healthier plants, the, uh, when they went in, and how, how far along they are in their maturity, and just really how they're doing. Um, do you have plans to replace them? Um, are, are you going to replace them right away, or are you just going get to get them removed because you have a lot of damaged material? So it's really going to be um, specific to every person's individual needs. Okay, great. And but in general, right now would probably be too early to plant winter veggies. So if you're pulling summer veggies and you have maybe some time in between seasons here, what do you recommend for that situation? So there are some plants you can be focused on um, getting started right now. But for me, I'm in full harvest mode right, right. now. 
But some some plants like beer beans, they they might have had a window where you grew them, you harvested them. So they might be coming out, and then you might be preparing that area for something a little later this summer. Maybe you're you know you're doing a late summer uh, potato you know planting, mm-hmm. something of that nature. Um, or you're, you know later into the summer, you can start getting ready for your fall garden, which is fantastic as well. Once those temperatures start to cool down a little bit, we can start looking towards a uh, nice fall garden. But like you mentioned, it's a little early, right? So if your plants are healthy and they're they're still putting out you know produce. Keep them going, absolutely. I mean, you spent all that time and effort this, you know, this last spring getting them going, and if if they're producing, you know, keep keep the good times rolling. For me, if a plant is kind of done and you're not noticing any new, you know, fruit coming off it, absolutely, shovel prune it, as Greg would say, and get it gone. And then, like I said, then you start planting something else out. Sweet. All right. Thank you, Kevin. Um, I'm looking forward to the the fall planting season. Uh, oh, yeah. Because I've had such a fun time in the backyard doing it um, this spring and the summer, and I'm looking forward to that fall gardening. Oh, it's great. It's a, t- it's a different kind of beast, but you'll, you'll mm-hmm. be good at it, I know. All right, cool. Um, I will definitely ask you for help. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Uh, okay, so here we go. Next question is, my kiddos want to plant some flowers or veggies, which is great. What I need is something that will sprout and grow quickly so the kids don't lose interest. What do you suggest? That's great. Uh, congratulations on your kiddos wanting to garden. That's so awesome. That's what we need. We need more people gardening, every age group, especially the, the children. Um, I get them started with sunflowers right now. You could get some sunflower seeds. It's really cheap. You can get them sprouted. They're going to sprout in a few days. The, the sunflowers, whether they're you know two, three feet tall, all the way, I just <laughs> was at my friend's house. He had one that was bending up over his house and into the street. It was like a 15-footer. This thing mm-hmm. was huge. Uh, so those, for me, they grow so quick. They're beautiful. They add a lot of interest. Uh, and some of them, you'll end up with edible seeds at the end that you can have some fun with. Now, if you want to um, grow something in the vegetable garden that's extra super quick that they won't lose interest in, that's radishes. And I know radish isn't the most exciting uh, uh, vegetable out there, but they're quick. Uh, you plant them by seed, and your, your kiddos will be eating them, harvesting them within like two to three weeks. Hmm. There's, and there's a lot of different weird varieties that have like really interesting, um, you know, like shapes and sizes and different colors. You got your French breakfast and all these cool little varieties. Well, there's that are the, white icicles. Uh, and, the watermelon radish is one, right? Uh, those are beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think of kids as liking radishes, Kevin. Is there anything that's more... Like, what about a carrot? Is that even something you could grow right now? So, uh, carrots, uh, that'd, that'd be a fall, you, okay. know, when, you know, when it cools down a bit. But what's, carrots are cool to grow. And actually, that's a great one to do with your children because they're so much fun to pull out at the end. But but they're almost the opposite of a radish where okay. you'll be harvesting your radishes before the seed of a carrot even germinates. Oh, it's a slow one? So just just the seed itself germinates slowly. But if, if you have patience, that's totally worth it uh, because when they do grow and then you see your kid pull out a mm-hmm. foot-long carrot out of – you know, some lush, rich soil. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool. They're, 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 they get, just, their mind goes, woo, their head pops. And then you guess what? I've had kids pull them out and then eat them out of the dirt. <laughs> oh, my god. We had goodness. these little sixth graders come to our school. Kids like, this was the best day of my life. And he was <laughs> eating like a dirty carrot that he just pulled out. And he like, he just, like, no, no, let's wash it. He's like, nope. And just, uh, he's like, best day of my life. Just, oh, it was the best day of my life hearing that. I tell you what. Uh, and so, yeah, carrots are great, but. Anything that the kids like to eat, uh, and then this is the same advice for adults, grow right. what you like, grow what interests you. If uh, flowers or herbs or something that you can utilize, go for it. If you, um, you want to get your kids into food, grow tomatoes, grow c- fresh cucumbers, basil, you know, strawberries are a must, I think, for, for little ones just because it's so immediate. 
Um, I'll bring my little guy out there, and we'll see him snapping off little mm-hmm. berries, and he'll be walking around the garden with just cheeks full of berries, you know, hmm. and just strawberries just running down his chin. And those are those are precious moments. Uh, and so I would I would talk to your kids, see what they like, but. There are some fast-growing plants. So uh, the ones I mentioned, uh, the sunflowers, the radish, those are quick. But I, I would also recommend grow things that are going to um, spark their curiosity or tantalize their taste buds. Okay, cool. Um, well, thank you so much for the tips, Kevin. And thank you, listener, for the question. And now we're going to move on to our next question that I – this one really piqued my interest. So, um, Kevin, here we go. Okay. I planted tomatoes this year. It's July. And I see no signs of tomatoes yet. What did I do wrong? How dare those tomato plants not produce for you? No, uh, there could be a number of things. And it's, it's kind of difficult to say. But for me, I think it's going to boil down to what kind of soil are you providing for your plant? How much sun is it getting? Right. So we want good, rich, well-drained soil uh, that is deep, you know, not just in a tiny little pot. Um, it needs plenty of space. A lot of full sun. I've seen people try to I tried this myself, tried to grow in my backyard. Too shady. It wasn't worth it. The, the plants grew so spindly. Um, the blossoms never really set. There was only a few of them, and the plant was struggling. Um, and so full sun, rich soil. Are you fertilizing? Are you, are you having any pest problems? Those are all things you want to consider. And it, basically the one but most important thing is how are you watering that plant? You know, are you, are you, is it getting water barely ever? Is it, are you getting deep, infrequent watering like you should? Um, is it staying, is it in a pot that doesn't breathe? So there's a lot, a lot that goes into that. Um, Having a nice, deep, well-drained soil matrix for your plant, whether it's in a container or in the ground, that's really important for them. So all those things kind of boil down. It's like, yeah, you can can go through different fertilizers and different things like that. But ultimately, get your tomatoes a lot of full blasting sun. Get them supported. Get them in, uh, you know, early and often. Like we talked about, you know, usually, you know, April to May is a great time to get started. If you just planted yours at the end of May and you're not not seeing stuff, be a little more patient because you you maybe just, maybe you got a late start. And your tomatoes are still pulling around. It's going to be a hot summer. We got plenty of weeks left of warm weather for those tomatoes to grow. So I'd, I would encourage them to be hopeful. Fertilize if they haven't. Amend, you know, do a top dressing of compost if you haven't. Um, if you're noticing issues there, but uh, basically all those little, little steps that we talked about. That's those best practices. Mm-hmm. Tomatoes are just they're they're they should be an easy plant to grow, right? So just give them those basics, and hopefully they'll take off. Um, ultimately, it just comes down to all, all those different elements that a tomato is going to respond to. Okay. Well, thank you, Kevin, and best of luck to that listener. Absolutely. I, I really hope that you get those tomatoes um, figured out because that would be, I would feel, you know, that would be a bummer. They're if, welcome to come to my garden. I'll hook them yeah. up with a tomato or two. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yeah. Let's share our produce. Right? Absolutely. Cool. Thank you so much. And next question. I bought some lavender plants last week. Gave them plenty of water, but they died. Um, when I pulled them out of the ground, the roots looked dry. So what's going on here? So it's really hot right now, if you haven't noticed. So uh, that, that's a bummer that, that happened to your plant. Um, so just be sure to water the plant um, with, with a watering can just a couple of hours before you plant it. You really want to soak that root ball properly. Get it planted in the cool hours of the day if you can. Amend that soil. But the, the roots should be should be in a moistened state if the plant's going to be happy. Even for lavender, like we mentioned this um, quite a bit, that even a plant that's drought tolerant and lavender is uh, quite a bit uh, is drought tolerant. They're very durable. They need to get established before they can even take advantage of those qualities that allow them to be so hardy. So, getting them properly uh, planted, uh, soaking them, but then even that those first few weeks, you want to make sure that you're getting nice deep saturations. Uh, I think everyone's definition of what uh, watering a plant may be different. So some folks may, may just splash it a little bit, 
but for for a uh, true when you water your plant properly it's going to be all the way down the you know, the root ball if um if you need to test out you can dig down in your soil with a screwdriver you can get a soil probe um you can do the finger test but it might not be deep enough for you so a screwdriver or a soil probe can be really helpful in that because sometimes we all have different types of soil even in one backyard uh you might have really rich well-drained soil in one location and then you go over to another corner of your yard and you're you're back down to hard pan and clay so Amend your soil when you can, but really check that soil as you're planting these new plants, especially in this heat, because getting enough water all the way down that root ball is going to be very uh, crucial. All right. Thank you, Kevin. And we'll move right along into our next question. I want to plant hostas. What are the water needs? Is there a low water variety? And where would you recommend planting the hosta to get it to thrive? So if you want your hosta to do well, get it in as much shade as possible. Uh, I, I Honestly, sometimes we'll, yeah, like the opposite of your tomato, we said, oh, as much sun as possible, that would kill your hosta. So hostas, especially here in our heat, they really are going to respond to being areas where they only get a little bit of partial light or just early morning sunlight. So if they are an ideal shade garden plant. They have these beautiful, for those of you who don't know, hostas are beautiful. Their foliage looks kind of waxy and they have these big broad leaves and they stay really low to the ground. Uh, they, they'll even give you a second bonus that they have these blossoms that are usually, uh, these little spikes will come up purple or white. So to take good care of them is they really want uh, rich, well-drained soil. And I know we just, we've been talking that like that crazy, but they really aren't going to tolerate hard soils. Um, some of the natives, you know, native plants, they're durable. They can, they can, they can get established into some rocky soil and be fine. These are the opposite of that. They're, they're from native to uh, Eastern Asia, I believe. And so they're really going to do well. Uh, in the understory of trees where they have shade from a canopy or your home or, or larger trees above them. They're a great understory plant. Amend your soil. They actually aren't that drought tolerant. So you can water you can, you can water them effic- effectively and efficiently if you set up a nice drip system. So if you want to make your water count but still have a nice lush garden with the, with the hostas, you can do that. But you just want to make sure that you um, amend your soil you know, uh, add a drip system that way you're putting water directly to their root system and then use some mulch around that to really insulate that soil, keep, you know, keep that heat and the, um, the sun away. But with them, uh, they're, they are tasty if you're a slugger snail, Austin. Oh, so, uh, okay. when, when, they, when they get planted and from time to time, and some gardens, um, don't really have this, this pressure of slugs and snails. For those of you who have a lot of slugs and snails, uh, in your garden, you know what I'm talking about. They are hungry little buggers and they will, mm. they, they come out at night. Uh, and they will get you. And so uh, you can protect them with Sluggo. Um, but they go for the hostas? They go for the hostas. Okay. Like, like a fresh little seedling of a, oh, no. of a, of a broccoli. They, they want to eat it all. It's like you know, delicious delicacy to them. So just protect it with a little Sluggo. Okay. Um, you know, there's, different, there's fun ways to make some slug and snail traps, little yogurt cups with beer and whatnot. Uh, so, you can, yeah, there's, there's fun, fun old gardener tricks, but protect them. Whatever, whatever technique you do use, protect your hostas from slugs and snails. Keep them well irrigated. To my knowledge, there aren't any varieties that are specifically drought tolerant. Um, okay. But what's cool about them is there are a lot of varieties. And so I think you can kind of um, maybe experiment with some and maybe find one that maybe just has a natural ability that maybe does work in your garden for you. But what's cool, like I said, all the different varieties, you'll... Get some that have like yellow, green, pale green, kind of a steely blue color foliage. So they are really cool. And I, I think when you're when you're planting them with other flowers, um, like impatiens and other other shade loving plants, you know, your ferns and whatnot, they really all kind of mesh and work well together. That's a great synergy with the hostas in there. All right, Kevin, what are the best plants for a shade garden? 
Ooh, I love a shade garden. Actually, I wouldn't mind being in some shade right now. Oh. <laughs> uh, I think it's really going to depend on your size and, and what you can fit in. But I mean, let's start with something taller. So your Japanese maples, beautiful. There's tons of different colors, reds and greens. Um, very, you know, you, you got your, your lace leaf, your broad leaves. They're gorgeous. They don't get too large, but they have this wonderful growth habit. And then the older they get, just the more beautiful they get. Just like me, Austin. Ooh. Um, uh, and of course, your, your camellias. Um, I love a good dogwood. I love a good dog, dog uh, but dogwoods, <laughs> they're beautiful. They, they, they'll bloom, and they, they like the, the shadier kind of areas of your yard. So they, they're kind of great under larger tree um, or in an area that just kind of gets natural shade, but they're beautiful. Uh, for some shrubs, of course, we talked about hydrangeas, azaleas, rhododendrons. They love the shade. But I'm, I love gardenias. There's a lot of different, different types of gardenias out there, but they just smell so sweet. They're durable, hardy, evergreen. Boom. Uh, they're just a great, great choice as well. Um, and then one that I really like for the shade that is drought. If you want something that's actually drought tolerant in the shade and mm. gives you blossoms yeah. and gives you fragrance, yes, that's a Daphne. That's a winter blooming Daphne, my oh. friend. And they're beautiful. It's a cool little shrub. Doesn't grow too fast. And like I said, they're very drought tolerant. They don't really need too much water. And they'll bloom in the winter. And their blossoms smell like the most expensive perfume you could ever hope oh, to wow. buy. Yeah, they're great. Winter blooming Daphne. All right, Kevin. Next question. I need a low-growing, low-water flowering plant. What do you suggest? A lot of options out there. I'll fire away with a couple right now. So there's the, the rock rose, the cystus, uh, the Mickey variety, uh, variegated leaf, pretty low-growing, maybe two or three feet, very drought-tolerant, sun-tolerant, heat-tolerant, gets a little white blossom on there. Good-looking plant. There's the Ceanothus uh, caramel creeper, blue blossoms, very drought-tolerant. It's a native, I believe. So they can handle the heat. Once they're established, you know, they don't need a whole additional lot of water, which is great. Ceanothus. And, of course, the emerald carpet, uh, Arctostaphylus. That's a manzanita. Uh, nice little um, dark green leaf. Little blossoms on there. They're really durable. They're hardy. Stay real short uh, to the ground. They're a good little plant as well. Very uh, drought tolerant, have low water needs. Hmm. And that's a manzanita. That's a manzanita. Oh, how cool is that? Okay. Uh, I'm very familiar with that plant, the manzanita, but the the big ones, you know? You know it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Okay, great. So thank you, Kevin. And moving on, what are the best plants for a shade garden? God, I love a good shade garden, right? So I like to start off with some of the taller plants. So Japanese maples are a fantastic uh, staple for any shade garden. A lot of different varieties out there. We could probably do a whole show on just Japanese maples. Hmm. Maybe we'll do that this fall. Uh, they're fantastic. Dogwoods. Love dogwoods. That's the cornice. Uh, they also uh, do great in shadier locations. They're like an understory kind of tree. They don't get too big. Beautiful blossoms. And they have uh, just their leaves are kind of attractive as well. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the dogwoods are fantastic. And, of course, I think when you go to the shrubs, you're going to look at your, of course, your zellias, your rhododendrons, uh, your camellias. But I like gardenias. Uh, they smell really good. They're evergreen. They're hardy. And they just do great um, out there in the shade garden. And, of course, the hydrangeas are just great with color uh, in a shade garden. They can tolerate some of that shade as well. Um, but for me, I like some of the smaller plants. We talked about earlier the hostas. They are a staple of any good shade garden. If you have a healthy little border of hostas in there, oof, I'm a fan. Uh, and then around your hostas, you're going to need you know, some color, you know, maybe some cyclamen in the winter. Um, or maybe even some, some liriope as well for some um, contrast. And that, that's a nice little plant grows really low. You can get them in different varieties. Some are purple. Uh, they're great in the shade garden. I love a good shade garden. If you have shade, consider yourself lucky. 
All right, thank you, Kevin. Uh, lots of great suggestions there. That is wonderful. So now I have a really interesting question, and and it has to do with the weather that we've had and the heat. So this listener is asking: Has this year's weather made veggie garden crops less prolific? And I'm guessing the answer is no, because I've seen your garden, and I would call that very prolific growth. It's Our garden has been very prolific. I've been yeah. very uh, grateful and thankful for that. Uh, other people, maybe not so much. So it's really sure. going to depend on the plant, the gardener, and where you're at. So extreme heat, we expect it. Um, it's it's what it's going to ha- happen last summer. It's going to happen next summer. So you have to just prepare accordingly. Sometimes, uh, like I noticed in my bell peppers, we're having some sun scorch on them, that, uh, the portions that were, you know, Looking up to the sky, we're getting a too much of a suntan. So you can see some damage in the garden, but for me, that that's to be expected, and you just work around that. Thankfully for me, I've been kind of working out in the garden a little bit and making sure everything's watered and fertilized and well taken care of uh, to the best of my abilities. And so we've had a really good um, crop so far. The harvest has been phenomenal. I'm just loving eating all this fresh fruit, tomatoes and vegetables and whatnot. So uh, the weather uh, can is a bit extreme. You know, it's really hot and it can be tough on your plants. But I think with the right approach, you can mitigate a lot of those uh, the stress and the damage that's caused by that. Because, like I said, we expect it. It's, and then you just uh, you prepare accordingly. So hopefully, for a lot of our listeners, they're not dealing with too much problems. But if they are, just back to the drawing board: um, watering, soil, sun exposure, all that. You just get right to it. What was what was the issue for you? And you can kind of solve that looking forward uh, to next season. I love that. Looking forward, staying positive, and keep on going. So, uh, Kevin, thank you so much for answering all these questions. I have a personal question for you. Oh, please. Um, so I've seen your garden this year, and it was just spectacular. And I, I think you've been growing a lot of, of new varieties. You've been trying out a lot of new things. And I'm wondering if there's any standout for you. Do you have a, a new favorite plant or crop that you grew this year? That's a great question. You know, like I said, the garden has been just been going nuts, bonkers this year. We pulled out so many uh, delicious pieces of fruit out there. It's great. So I'm so thankful for it. I I love gardening in that you can try something new each season. That's what kind of makes it fun. And so this year we tried all the wild boars. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for the Black Beauty has been a standout for me. It's it's been a tomato that I haven't grown before. So I grew all, all the greats. You know, the, the the pineapple heirloom tomato, you know, our brandy wines, you know, our jet setters, our ace celebrity, all those beauties. They, and they've been doing great. You know, our sun golds, sweet 100s. But to, to grow some new tomatoes that are just a different profile, they look different, they taste different. Uh, it's been pr- pretty fun. And those black beauties, uh, they look, the tomatoes are incredible on the outside. They're super dark black. Then as they ripen up, they'll get a little red in their cheeks. And you slice it, and it is like blood red flesh on the inside. Mm. Great flavor, uh, good texture. So that one's going to be one that I'm definitely going to have to have to try again. But uh, th- like I said, I, that's why I, that's the part about gardening I love is you get to try something new, you learn something different. We've we've been growing the New Mex Lemon Spice Jalapenos from Botanical Interest. Those have been really cool uh, and tasty as well. And so there's always something new to grow and taste and share, and that's what makes it fun. Yes. All right. Thank you so much. So the the Black Beauties uh, and the Numex Lemon Spice Pepper. I tried that with you a few weeks ago. Yeah. That was great. Well, I brought you over the Scorpion Pepper tonight. Oh, I don't know. All right. <laughs> get the scarier. cameras rolling. It's time that, to take a bite. That's a next level heat. So uh, we'll see how I do with that one. Yeah, we'll work up to that. 
But thank you, Kevin, for all of your answers. But really big thank you to all of the listeners out there and all of the people that are on our Facebook group for our podcast, all the people that come into the stores and ask questions. Thank you so much for getting involved and asking these questions and um, being a part of this community. That's one of my favorite things about doing this is that there's this family out here of gardeners. It feels like it, right? Yeah, I love that. Um, So if you have more questions, send them our way. We are happy to answer them. We will also kind of ask you for questions for another Q&A episode when we're ready to do that, uh, probably in a few months. Uh, But you can ask questions anytime and reach out to other gardeners and the staff at Green Acres. They're all happy to answer your questions. And they even have a program just for this called Garden Solutions. So please uh, let us know what you want to know, and we'll do our best to give you those uh, solutions and those answers to anything that you want to know. So with that, big thank you. And Kevin, take us out. Well, thanks again, Austin. And thank you everyone for being here. It was so great. Another wonderful week talking plants. Until next time, garden friends, please never stop questioning, never stop learning, and definitely never stop growing. We'll see you next time, garden friends. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of Kevin Jordan or his guests. These gardening tips and suggestions may work for you, as well as those from alternative sources. When using any garden products or tools, read and follow all label directions. And learn how to save water while gardening at bewatersmart.info.